Listen, you, while you're sitting there, I'm not going to make you stand because we've been doing a lot of standing and sitting. Take your Bible and hold it up. If you've got your Bible on, on your telephone, hold your telephone up. Let's declare this together because we need to say this. Amen? Amen. This is my Bible. The authoritative, the eternal, settled forever in heaven, Word of God. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I have what it says I have. Today I desire to hear the Word of God and do it. Today I receive His mercy and the abundance of His grace and of the gift of righteousness that I might reign in life through Jesus Christ. 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 <laughs> Just jerking you around. Okay, good. Bless you guys. You're good people. Last time I was with you, last week, two times in a row, I'm not used to doing that. We were talking about the word of righteousness, remember? The reason we were talking about the word of righteousness is because I'm persuaded by, my, by virtue of my own experience that most people do not pray because they're in, they feel inferior. They feel less than. They feel that they don't mount up or count up. Anybody identify with that? If you get honest, I believe everybody feels that. If you're honest. Now, if you're dishonest and you're religious, you may think you are something else. But let me say something to you. You ain't nothing. So, oh my goodness, what kind of church is this? Got preachers saying you ain't nothing. Listen, I'm doing much better than I used to. I used to call my people dirt bags. You know you're a dirt bag? 75% of your body is water. The rest of it is dirt. So, I mean, that's pretty tough. You know what I'm saying? From dust you've come and from dust you'll, to dust you'll return. Isn't that right? But I got good news from the Word. It's not over when this goes back to the dust. Amen. So I want I want us to continue to talk about this righteousness, this gift of righteousness. I want to remind you that Romans 5:17 says that there these are the two things you have need of to reign or rule or to have charge or to do kingdom life in the Lord. You need these two things. Remember, the abundance you must be receiving. The King James, New King James says receive, but it really is the word lombano on taste. I got a little Greek word too, you know. And it mean, doesn't mean receive, it means receiving. So that means there's continuous action is what that word would mean. So we must continuously be receiving grace and we must continuously be receiving of the gift of righteousness. Now, let, let's just do a little bit of review in terms of some things that you probably know very well, but I want to review them with you and make certain that we're all on the same page. How many of you know that God gave you faith when you got born again? How many of you know that you received the fullness of grace when you got born again? How many of you know that you received the gift of righteousness when you got born again? 
And now you're receiving the fruit of holiness and its companion, godliness. You're receiving. But of course, you have to begin with the first thing that you've received in order to be receiving all the other that you've, that, you've, that you've received so you can be receiving. Why do I say that? Because the Bible said, whatever is not of faith is sin. The Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For we must believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Now let me just remind you of something that we all should know. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 3. We'll do a little bit of review here. I like review because I always learn a lot when I review. Amen. One reason I like to preach is because the Bible says if I preach, I'll be a partaker of it along with you. Romans 12, 3. Let me read what it says exactly. I won't quote it. I can quote it, but I'm going to read it. I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt, somebody say has, past tense, dealt to each one a measure of faith. Jesus said in John chapter 3, verse 5, whatever is born of the Spirit is spirit. Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh. Whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. Your spirit was born again. How many of you know your spirit, soul, and body? According to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. According to Hebrews chapter, 12, or chapter 4, verse 12. Proof text. You are spirit, soul, and body. Your spirit got born again when you received Jesus, your spirit received the fullness of the, of the grace, what John 1.16 says, of His fullness, I tell the Lord this, of His fullness I've received, and grace for grace. Now I desire to be filled with that fullness in this day, I desire that fullness flow out of me by the Holy Spirit because my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm in union with the Holy Spirit because I've been born again. That's what I desire. I believe that belongs to me to desire that. Amen? Did you know the Bible says that it is He who works in us to will and to do of His good pleasure? Y'all remember that? Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. It is He who works in you both to will and to do. And I thought about this. I hadn't said it in a long time. And this is not intended to be a tongue twister, but it's intended to make a point. Listen to this. Years ago, the Lord showed me this. He said, I want you to will, to will my will in your will that you may will my will. Does that make sense to anybody? Let me say it again. The Lord said, I want you to will my will in your will that you may will my will. And then he said further, that do thing there. He said, I want you to desire my desire in your desire that you may desire my desire. See, that's what that really means in Philippians 2.13. 2.12 says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. 
But then that verse 13 gives me the, what, where I'm to go with that. For it's He who works in you to will and to do of His good pleasure. Listen, I, I, let me say this up front so, in case I don't forget, to say, don't forget to say it. I want to talk to you a little bit about the fact that inside of you are two trees. Did you know that? Not anybody looks at me like you really know that. Let me tell you this. Remember the two trees in the Garden of Eden? Remember that? He said, God told Adam, He said, Of the tree of the, of the knowledge of good and evil, you cannot eat. That's the only tree that you cannot eat. Remember that? Well, how many know He did? Followed His wife right on into it. He, Adam and Eve were, Eve was deceived. Adam walked in with his eyes wide open. Do you know the Bible says that? That's something between the lines there, Brother Ed. What 1 Timothy chapter 1 says, it was Eve that was deceived, but Adam walked in with his eyes wide open. I believe he walked in with his eyes wide open because he wanted to save that young thing, that pretty girl. He'd only known her just for a little while. He wanted to save her. And so he joined with her. He united with her, and both of them fell into great deception. And then it says in Genesis 3, 22, it says, God says this. He said, he's speaking in the plurality of the Godhead. Let us block the way into the garden, lest they partake of the tree of life and live forever in the condition of death. And so he set an angel at the, at, at the gate. Remember that? Now, here's the reason why. Because there was coming a day when the tree of life would come on the scene. And the tree of life would come and take residence in our bodies, in our spirit. And when he does that, and when he did that, then, because we have partaken of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil... We can now, through His power, choose the good and not the evil. How many of you know there's a time in your, in your uh, growing up that you didn't know how to choose between good and evil? That's what the Bible says, isn't it? In Isaiah chapter 7, speaking of Jesus' virgin birth, it said before He knew to choose between good and evil. Same thing happens with us. But the reality is, is that before we get born again, born of the Spirit in our spirit, we really don't have any choice. We sometimes stumble on some good stuff, but even good stuff is bad if you're not born again. For there's none who does good, no, not one. There is none who is good, no, not one. But when you get born again, something happens amazingly, and I don't want to get too technical, but I did want to stir us with this because something has happened in your spirit that is amazing. You've received a measure of faith. You have access to abundance of grace. You have access to the gift of righteousness, to receive of the gift of righteousness. You have access for that righteousness bearing the fruit of holiness and bearing its corresponding companion godliness. That's what you have this morning. God has made that available to you, but it's only by choice. You need to choose. 
Somebody said, well, I chose Jesus a long time ago. Well, listen, that may be your problem. Because I can tell you this, every day is a choice to choose the good or the evil. Every day is a choice. Somebody said, well, I'm secure. You better check that security and find out it may be false security. Because Jesus didn't just say, come and I'll give you eternal life. He said, come, follow me, and I will make you to become. Amen? In their case, he said, I'll make you to become fishers of men. In our case, we can say very clearly, he'll come and make us. I've said to the Lord on many occasions, Lord, make me to become. Amen? Let, let me turn to a passage that's on my mind, so I've got to turn there. Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 6, actually. Are you with me here? And I'm, I'm, we're going to talk more about these two trees. Verse 19. Chapter 6, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh, for just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. Say slaves, slaves. Listen, everyone sitting here this morning is a slave. It's not a matter if you're going to choose to be a slave. You're already a slave. Amen? Well, the Lord, you know, it's funny how the Lord will say things to you and say, well, I, I knew that, but I, boy, I thank the Lord I'm hearing you say something that's so wonderful how I'm hearing it. It's like when I was riding to the service this morning, the Lord, like the Lord said, it's not a matter of you choosing whether you want to be a slave or not. You're already a slave. The only thing you're choosing is whose slave you want to be. Did you know that when you and I were created, we were created to live by the life of another? That's right. We were not created to live our own lives. And a lot of people think they're living their own lives. But I got news for you. Maybe you don't want to hear it, but I can tell you this news. If you're not living for God, you're living for the devil. There's only two, two things to choose between. Life may seem complicated, but it's real simple. You choose this day whom you'll serve, whether you will serve God or you'll serve the devil. Somebody said, well, I don't know that I believe in a personal devil. Well, you don't believe in a personal God either then. Because this personal God told us a lot about that devil. He's alive and in planet Earth. You remember that book? He's still here. He roams about seeking whom he may devour. You see, the... The reason why we need to learn this message about righteousness and all the corresponding things I just spoke about earlier is because we need to be able to stand in this evil day and having done all to stand, we need to put on this armor of righteousness so that we'll not always be on the defense, but we'll be on the offense and be attacking the gates of hell, not letting them just attack us. Get on the offense. I think Brother Wally said something about that this morning. The best, the best offense is a good defense. And I say best defense is a good offense. Amen. So, so now here we, here's what I want you to see because I'm going I'm, I'm to bring, bring it to this point. Look at Matthew chapter 7. Did I, did I finish reading verse? Hold on one second. Hold on. 
back up. I didn't fin finish reading this. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. Notice how he said, you were, and then yet he talks about the need of confronting this thing of death. But now having been set free from sin, see, having been set free from sin, how, how is that? Because we've received the gift of righteousness. That's how we've been set free. And having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness. See, we, we need to quit, quit trying to be holy. We need to start trusting, Brother Ed. We need to start trusting to be holy. We need to start believing to be holy. We need to start exercising our faith to stand in the place of holiness. I say to the Lord on a regular occasion, I want to be holy because you're holy. I know that I, am, I, have the, I can bear the fruit of holiness through the gift of righteousness, but I want to see that holiness. I want to see the uncommonness of, of my life. I get so tired of my commonness. How many of you get tired of your commonness every now and then? How many of you would confess it? No, you won't do that. James chapter 5 talks about that. But, you know, I, I, I've tried to make this a point of my life. If, I, if the Lord and I can take care of it, we take care of it. If the Lord and I are having a difficult time taking care of it, I could go to somebody else and talk to them about it. You ever done that? The Bible says, confess your faults or your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed or may be delivered. Same word for healed. Delivered. So, did you get this in the scripture here? The fruit of holiness? That's, that's really what I want, you, I want you to see. And the end, everlasting life. Listen, everlasting life is not just showing up in heaven and living forever. Everlasting life is the life of God presently that we want to look for, to forever living in. Amen? The Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 8, it says, So to your spirit, that's why it's important to get this thing about your spirit, so to your spirit and you shall reap the life of God or the or eternal life. Our life everlasting. You remember reading that in Galatians chapter 6, verse 8? Because there is the receiving, continuously receiving. And, it, and I don't have to, I'm talking to the choir here, but I can tell you this so that you'll know if, if you're ever tempted to quit. You've got to keep receiving. We hear a lot about keep believing. But you've got to keep receiving. Because you want to make certain that you're always ready to choose the good and not the evil. Now let's turn to what I want to show you. Matthew chapter 7. Look at that. I trust this will come together for you. Maybe in the middle of the night you'll sit up and say, yeah, I see that now. Okay. Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 7, verse 16. You will know them by their fruits. Now he's talking about false prophets there, but he's also talking about us. You'll know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, and a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. 
Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know, know them. I'm wanting, wanting to encourage you today to make that choice on a daily basis, whether you feel like it or not, to bear good fruit. Whether your emotions are entangled with it or not, whether you feel like doing it or not, make a decision. There's just some things you need to make a decision that you're going to do. And you need to make a decision of things you're not going to do. But then on a daily basis, you need to once again understand it's by the abundance of His grace receiving and by the, by the gift of His righteousness, the righteousness of God, that's whose righteousness that is, the gift of righteousness, receiving so that you're bearing the fruit of righteousness, just like a tree. Isn't it good to know that? Okay. Hallelujah. Where am I going? Look at, uh, just, just turn over to chapter 12, uh, 12 while we're there. I believe it's chapter 12. My notes get all jumbled up sometimes, y'all. Well, I knew it was. And there was silence and it was deafening. Twelve thirty-three. I was looking at 23. 33. You see that? Either make the tree good and, and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. Jesus is saying the same thing again. You have the choice to make the tree good. And the way you, that that tree produces good is by the tree of, the real tree of life, Jesus. Amen? You can't do anything without Him. And you know what the Bible says somewhere? I believe in the, look at John, John chapter 15. Let me look at that with you. Now, this ought to be a simple Sunday school lesson. And I'm trying to make it that way, but sometimes I make things complicated that are very simple. Are you in John chapter 15? Verse 4. Let's begin reading there. Jesus said, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Jesus came into our lives. He is the true tree of life. He is the true vine of life by which we are able to choose the good and not the evil. Somebody says, I can't help it. Yes, you can help it. Somebody told you you couldn't help it, so you believe that, but it's not true. You can help it. It's your choice for you to choose. The Bible says every man will give account of himself to God. There's not going to be a mass judgment. There's going to be an individual judgment. You will give an account to God for who you are and what you have believed. 
That can be scary, can it? Well, it should be. It should be. It's called the fear of God. So not only does the goodness of God bring us to repentance, but it's being acquainted with the severity of God that also keeps us in the straight and the narrow way. Somebody say amen. amen. I just quoted from Romans chapter 11. We always talk about the goodness. I like to talk about the goodness of God leads me to repentance. And it does. But I also need to be reminded of the severity because God, what God said He'd do, He'll do. He shows no partiality. He has no respect of persons. Nobody, nobody will be able to stand up before Him and say, Listen, Lord, I believe we've got two standards of judgment here, two standards of the law here, and so I know that you want to put me in the best light. That only happens in, in Washington, D.C. It doesn't happen at the throne. Aren't you glad that we found out last Sunday that the throne of God, the throne of His grace, is established on the foundation of justice and righteousness? How many of you are looking for justice? That was a trick question. You shouldn't have raised your hand. Remember, when my, you weren't here for me to sing that song last week. I caught you off guard there, Brother Doug. When I deserve justice, He gave me mercy. When sin held me fast, He set me free. My one hope in life is to live for the day that I can give. Give Him thanks for the day He showed mercy to me. You remember that song? Joyce, you remember that, don't you? I sang it last Sunday. You remember from last Sunday? We don't want justice. What we want is the gift of righteousness so that we can begin to bear fruit of righteousness. We can begin to bear the fruit of holiness. We can begin to bear the fruit of making the right decisions. We can begin to make, bear fruit of being quick to repent if we miss it, if we make the wrong decision. And we can say in our hearts, as I've said many times, you have too, I don't want to live like that. You ever made a decision, you knew it was wrong, and you did it anyhow? And then later, it just, it just, your, your conscience was pricked, your heart was pricked, and there's something rose up inside of you that said, I don't want to live like that. If you haven't, you might want to check out what's going on inside of here. Amen? I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they're burned. If you abide in me. So I say if. Say so that's a big word. That's why I'm standing before you today and want to make certain that you understand everything you've received from God that is necessary for, to seek God, you already have as a gift residing in your spirit. It's already accessible to you immediately. You don't have to wait for it to come from heaven. You have all the faith you need, all the grace you have need of, all the righteousness you have need of, all the holiness you have need of, and all the godliness you have need of. You have it. You're a possessor of it. All you need to do is be receiving it. Am I making sense to anybody but me? I, you know, I don't know. Maybe I was a real tough case, but I don't think so. I think I was more normal than I realized at the time I was having tough times. I think I finally woke up. I did wake up, and I realized this. Most Christians are hiding in the dark shadows. 
Most Christians are afraid to tell people what they're really like because they're afraid they'll be rejected in church, or right in the middle of church, rather than be honest and say, I'm struggling with this. I need you to pray with me. I need to overcome this. I need to make some right choices. I've been making wrong choices. I don't want to live like this. See, that's, that's what this thing's all about. The Lord gave us a chance to choose. He chose us so that we could choose Him. He predestined us so that He could pre... What was what, what I used with the computer? What do you do to, to the computer? You... What is the word? Well, you, 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 set, you know, listen, we think that computers are so smart, but they're no smarter than what you put in them. But when you put in, in what, what needs to be there, it'll come back up when you have need of it because it's predestined, it's pre-programmed. That's the word I was looking for, you students. Pre-programmed. <laughs> Some of the easiest words just skip my mind sometimes. They say that's old age. I don't know. I've been doing that for a long time. Let me get a drink of water here. Are y'all with me? Have you gone home yet? Some of you are already standing in the buffet line. I tell you, I have this tough. The imagination is a wonderful thing, isn't it? I can smell the beef. All right. I have to be careful about drinking water in the pulpit. I shared with my church. I tell you, did I share with y'all the, the great mystery? I have to be careful of that, Brad. Right before I got up to preach one Sunday, I had to excuse myself. As I was walking out that door, I said, listen, I want to share with y'all a mystery. It's a mystery how you can drink eight ounces and have to pee 16. I don't understand how that happened. <laughs> I get some amens on that. For those of you out in the world, yeah, I did say that. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you desire and it shall be done to you. For, for by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. He said the same thing back over in John chapter 8 verse 31 when he said, If you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed and you shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free. I'm telling you, if this, what I'm talking about this morning gets into you and you begin to know the truth, that you're every day you have the choice to live for the devil or to live for God, and it's very clear, it becomes more clear the more you walk along in this walk, which one you've chosen. Because the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus when you make the right choices. You'll put on righteousness when you make the right choices. Because the work or the effect of righteousness, according to what translation you read in Isaiah 32, verse 17 says, the effect of righteousness is, is peace. The work of righteousness is peace. Those two Hebrew words make no, no difference much there. And then in the next it said, the work or the effect of righteousness, righteousness shall be confidence and assurance forever. Those, that's what you put on. When you put on righteousness, you put on confidence. You put on assurance. You put on peace. You put on joy. You put on the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, self-control. Hallelujah. I mean, you got that. You're wearing that. Like, that's what it is. It's the robe of righteousness. 
When you've got the robe of righteousness on, you take the armor, as we talk about the armor of righteousness, the devil comes to accuse you. You can say, oh, no, devil, listen, let me tell you something. I have, the, I have this garment, I have this armor of righteousness on, and I'm attacking your gates of hell, and you can't prevail against me. You come to accuse me and tell me about my past, I'm going to accuse you and tell you about your future. The lake of fire is where you're going to end up, and you'll be there forever. Turn the tables. He's the accuser. Accuse him. You had it all going for you. You were the worship leader of heaven. And you, and you chose to disobey God. You chose to rise up and exp express your will. You didn't follow the, the example of the Son of God, who the Bible says, even when he proceeded from the Father, he, he was the same then as he is now. He's never changed. What, what has been his testimony? I never do but what I see the Father doing, and I never say but what I hear the Father saying. I never, he said. He said, I can of myself do nothing. The devil didn't get that message. The Son of God got that message. When he proceeded from the Father, he being in the form of God, being the brightness of the glory of God, the express image of the person of God, he did not think it strange or robbery to be equal with God, but made himself, made himself of no reputation. That's where we want to be. Wouldn't it be wonderful if you had churches that were trying not to make themselves a reputation for the purpose of reputation? Wouldn't it be great? Brad, I think you're alluding to that today. That's one of the keys to city church. God deliver us from trying to make ourselves something. And God grant us the, the, the wisdom to be what we've been called to be and function the way we're supposed to function. Your happiness will be found in finding out who you are and what you are and how to function in that way. That's all it is to it. Your misery will be in comparing yourself to somebody else sitting next to you or in front of you or in the other, other house or whatever. That'll be your misery. Because they comparing themselves by themselves were not wise, Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, maybe 11. Hallelujah. That was a good rabbit chase. That was good. Let me, let me reaffirm something here for us that I, I should have given you a long time ago. Maybe it might have helped you to stay with me. Look at Romans chapter 8. Let me just firm up this thing about the two trees. Are you in Romans 8? Look at verse 10. <clears throat> you there? If Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. That's the one tree. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. That's the other tree. We want to live out of that tree to make right decisions in, the, in this, this other tree over here, this good and evil Folks, that'll preach. I, I ain't always preached it like that, but that, that'll preach. Philippians chapter 4 talks about thinking on things that you ought to think about. And one of the seven or eight things it mentions is something good. Think on it. How many of you know it's, it's easy to think on something bad? Get preoccupied with it. I, I find myself doing that these days. And I'll, I'll, I'll be going through, and you do this too. I know every one of you do. 
you go start going through scenarios. Some, some people call it daydreaming. We have conversations in our head. You do it too. Don't tell me you don't. And I catch myself saying, <clears throat> why am I doing that? That's not benefiting me whatsoever. It's contributing to my own anxieties and anxiousness. Now you know that preachers do that too, so you know you're, you're normal. That's called imaginations. That's why 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring every thought, somebody say every thought, bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So it's very, very important and appropriate for you to be able to say to yourself, why are you thinking that? It's not profitable. Think on things that are holy, just, pure, lovely, any praise, any, anything that's good. Think on these things, and the God of peace will keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. He'll keep you. Amen? So the... So the Here's what, here's what I want to conclude with you to see this morning. Your choices. It's like you stand, and this is just my own, and I, I take full credit for this, and I'll be corrected if I need to be corrected. It's like your trichotomy. Your soul stands in the middle of all that is called body and all that is called spirit inside of you. And your soul, and I believe Pastor Kevin preached this, we've talked about it, is the, you can be defined as being the possessor of or the expressor of, whatever you want to say, of your will, your mind, and your emotions. You get to choose, you get to choose which one you're going to live out of. Will you live out of the spirit or will you live out of the flesh? That's that, it's that simple. It's flesh or spirit. It's not, you're not, don't get y'all caught up in, we're, we're, I've said it and you've said it too. We're so complicated. No, we're not complicated. We've made what's very easy to understand very complicated because we've been trying to make provision for the flesh. So, oh, I can't help it. And then we get among all the I can't help it. And then we'll go over next, next, our next visit. We'll be with those who, oh, you know Jesus. He's the only perfect one. No, and then we'll join that crowd. And we'll say, well, you know, I, I don't want to get all anxious, so I'm not going to go to the, either one of those places. So I'll just stay home now. Because I found out the best thing to do is just stay home when you get all confused. Let me say as a teacher to students, one of the greatest things that can ever happen to you as a student is to get confused. You know why? Because if you're worth half your salt, you'll go look it up and study it out yourself and be able to come back to class and say, Teacher, I've been looking at this, and this is what I see, what I think, what I feel. What do you see? What do you think, what you feel? What, give, me, give me word for it. Amen? But you're able to stand right in the middle. And what happens to that soul when you make those decisions the way you're supposed to make them? Your soul is transformed. Listen. I, this may be good news, may not be, but God has not called us to annihilation of the soul. He's called us to transformation of the soul. Sometimes we still want to get delivered from who we are. We can't get delivered from who we are because who we are is what we're becoming. 
And you don't want to get delivered from who, from who you are. Now, I'm not talking about hurts and pains and whatever, you know, you're getting delivered from and healed from. But listen, you are who you are. And all you need to do on a daily basis is to make the right choices based upon what the Word of God says, and you'll become more acquainted with the Word of righteousness, and you'll become more skilled or experienced, and you'll go on to some great things. Amen? Now, I, I, just, I, I think that's, again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it over and over different ways, but I came down there because I was going to quit, but let me give you this. Turn to Isaiah 55. This is my last closing, Diana. Isaiah 55. Verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. How many know you can be found today? Call upon him while he is near. How many know he's near today? Let the wicked forsake his way. That's the lost man. And the unrighteous man his thoughts. That's the man who's vacillating in and out of a state of righteousness and a state of unrighteousness. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's talking to the righteous when he said that. So that we can be confident that we can be clean of unrighteousness when we fall or fail or miss the mark. Isn't it good to know that? And I think it's appropriate that he says the unrighteous man his thoughts because that's where we've all struggled is in our thoughts. You think it a whole lot longer before you do it. And you think it and do it for a whole lot longer before you become it. That's why it's very important to have a short list of, so you repent. When you've thought it, repent quick. Don't only look at me sanctimonious. I know you know I, I know what I'm talking about. You think it and you ponder it. And you meditate it. And you imagine it. That's the first step toward crystallizing it. And then before you know it, you'll do it. Let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted by God, for God does not tempt any man. For every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own desire and enticed. And when sin is finished, it brings forth, when the, when the, the, it bring, the desire is done, it brings forth death. So here we are, supposed to be alive and well, full of the life of God, increasing in the life of God, sowing to the life of God so we can increase in the life of God, and we're, we find ourselves dating death. Let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts and your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth the mercy. Somebody say, make it. I found out a long time ago the Word of God will make it. If I keep sowing the Word to this old person, this inward man, God will make it to become. 
exactly what he intended, amen, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out with joy, be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you. All the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree, the right kind of tree, the right kind of plant. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, the right kind of plant. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Thus says the Lord, chapter 56. These chapters are not divided by inspiration. They're divided just to make it easier to read and find places. Y'all know that? Same thought. Thus says the Lord, keep justice and do righteousness. For my salvation is about to become and my righteousness to be revealed. My righteousness is about to be revealed. You know how it's revealed? I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it's the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first and also to the Gentile or the Greek. For in it, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. The righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel from faith to what? To faith. Because you begin in faith and you end in faith. Everything that we do, the revealing of the righteousness of God is by faith. That's why I'm trying to pound so hard on this to make certain we understand that. It's by faith. You must continue in the faith. You must exercise your faith. You must open your mouth and speak the words of God in faith. I believe, therefore I speak. Amen? Does that make sense? Got to do it. Everybody stand up.